Welcome everyone to another episode of Podcasting While Black. Uh, today's episode, we're going to get into who the new presidential candidates for 2020 are. Um, also, a little bit of the recap of State of the Union address and what's going on with B. Smith. Stay tuned. Fine people on both sides. An Ohio grand jury today declined to indict two white Cleveland police officers in the shooting death of 12-year-old Tamir Rice. I'm Governor Scott. The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up. So even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. We are oppressed. We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. All right, what you want to talk about first? Um, I think we should go in the order in which, you know, we just said which presidential candidates. Okay, let's talk about these president candidates. Let's talk about how half of the whole Democratic Party is, like, running for president. Yes, you're right. And by the end of the year, I'm sure it's going to be it. I'm... I'm thinking 30, but still that might be a low ball. What do you think? I, I think that's uh, that's very accurate. And it's, and it's just crazy because you would think after getting their ass whipped by Trump that they would sit down and kind of, I'm going to think all about me and our country because when you have all these Democratic opponents, you know, the primary for the Republicans that year, it took a long time to weed all that out. You know what I mean? And I just, in my opinion, you know, you should have a few of your top. I mean, I guess, but again, I guess they can't control who wants to run and who doesn't want to run. I mean, but I would have thought that it just would have been a little bit more organized so that they can spend more of that time going against Trump instead of mm-hmm. going against each other. I It's going to be weeded down. It's just that I don't know who is going to be picked out. That's the only thing. Nobody is attracting me right now at all. Well, I can't say that. Okay, I'm Cory Book. He's 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 in my top. Elizabeth Warren. I would like to listen to more about from her. Kamala. Again, we talked about her last week. You know, she has to really show me that you know her policy is not going to be policy or old and just do whatever. It's gonna get her a career bump more than doing what's in the best interest of the of a people, especially black people. Now the other unknown is that Pete Betacheg is the first openly gay presidential candidate um, that's gonna be running. The mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Um, so he was actually on the the View. He made his first television appearance the other week and. He actually was in the military. Um, he's married to his husband, and he has two dogs. That's all I know about him. They love Kamala Harris because she had a town hall on CNN like two days after she announced she was running for president. I don't know if anyone else has one on the books yet, but you can tell they really are vetting her. But the newest one is Mary Ann Williamson, and that's a name no one no one probably really knows, and that's because she's really known um, in the spiritual self-help realm when it comes to uh, her impact on the world. She's an author and lecturer. She kind of was introduced to the main stage from Oprah. 
as like a Oprah spiritual advisor, but she's throwing her hat in the ring most recently as a presidential candidate. Yeah, I I looked her up online. Um, I'll let you guys uh, listen to a little bit. She did an interview on CNN. Um, Here goes what she had to say. And again, we just have a short time, and you do have specific proposals and policies, and I'd like to get to a couple more of them right now. You are a candidate who believes that African Americans should receive reparations for slavery, specifically $100 billion paid out in a 10-year annual installment of $10 billion. (coughs) Is this symbolic, or do you think this money goes to some practical purpose? This is not symbolic at all. At the end of the Civil War, General Tecumseh Sherman promised to every formerly enslaved person 40 acres and a mule. And those 40 acres and a mule would have given a formerly enslaved population an opportunity to reintegrate, to integrate into free society. What happened instead, of course, was black code laws were passed in the American South, which ensured subpar uh, social and political and economic opportunities for the former uh, slave population. This was not addressed for a hundred years until the Civil Rights Movement. And while the Civil Rights Movement gave Voting Rights Act, although that has been chipped away uh, since 2013, and gave a lot of political uh, opportunities that had not been there for the hundred years previous, it did not address mm-hmm. the fact that we have not yet paid that debt. Germany has paid $89 billion in reparations to Jewish organizations since World War II, and Ronald Reagan signed the American Civil Liberties Act, by which we paid every surviving member who had been interned during the, during the World War II in the Japanese internment camps $22,000. Right. I believe $100 billion okay. given to a council that would apply these, this mm-hmm. money to economic projects and educational projects of renewal for that population is simply a debt to be paid and until we pay it we will deal with these issues now i agree with that one cold-heartedly we made billions upon billions of dollars we built the whole american economy america has screwed over a lot of people on its trek to being you know as as trump would say great again but you know the indians they got reparation you know the the japanese they got reparation but when it came to us they was like screw us you know we had to when you talk about having to pull yourself up from your own bootstraps that's what black people did because they didn't give a shit um so i do agree with her platform that black people are owed some type of compensation for the blood that we spilled to try to make this country great but once she said that she pretty much just <laughs> lost all the white vote and at the end, <laughs> that's just that's just not going down uh, i mean she did pique my interest when she said it but then when you actually go into how she would plan to execute that then i got a little leery because she was talking about a hundred billion dollars and she would pay it over 10 years. I think my math is right on that. So that means $10 billion a year. And then she would designate a group of African-American leaders. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know who would be on that committee. But um, 
when I think of reparations, I'm thinking I'm going to get a personal check in the mail. But apparently, with her plan, it wouldn't go exactly that way. No, nah, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect. Well, first of all, let me let me just address the <laughs> fact that she gave to black leaders. Yeah, I don't know who they I are. I don't know. Are they the same people that Donald Trump had invited to the? Um, I, I don't. <laughs> Kanye. I don't know. Um, who's nah, the I don't. I don't know. <laughs> What black leaders? I don't know if I would want Jesse Jackson fucking yeah, with that's my what, money. And that's you another know, name that I thought you know about Jesse Jackson. Like, eh, you know, Jesse, <laughs> you know, Jesse, you know, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I so, don't, yeah. No, but. Just give me it, my check in the mail. No, it's not even about <laughs> the check in the mail. It would have made more sense if she said, like, you know, the money would go into an account and maybe black people would vote to see where projects or something, you know, some type of community based organization that yeah, you know, I don't know who's gonna just, be on I don't community. know the person who I would trust I don't. to do that one. <laughs> but once yeah. she said that though, she was done. Like she you mm. might as well put a fork in her because there's no way in hell that white people are gonna sit back and be like, Yeah, we should get black people checks. Like that's just not yeah. gonna happen. So she that she just even though again I do agree with what she said, that's just she she just pretty much just put a fork in her candidacy. Yeah, I mean, in 2014, she ran for Congress in L.A.'s 34th Congressional District. She did get a chance to raise $2 million, but she did not win. She actually came in fourth place. So she's been trying to get into the political scene, I guess, trying to merge in. uh, But she's basically a spiritual leader. When I think of her, because I actually have a book from her, you think of The Secret... Deepak Chopra, um, you, you think of all these self-help type of spiritual leaders, and that's what she is. So look her up, and um, you know, stay tuned to who else is going to be running for 2020. All right, uh, now moving on to the State of the Union. Race, race, hate, 2000. <laughs> Yo, he, all he did was just talk shit about brown people. Like, dude, it's it. I cringe so many times listening to it that I, 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 you know, when this, he was like, you know, this whole thing about what makes him think that this Mexicans just go around just raping people. Like why, why is that his go-to? Because that's what resonates with his base and that's what got him elected. And so uh, this fear mongering is, it works. When you, when, when you take a look at like, like movies, like, like, Birth of a Nation, and I'm not talking about the one that was about Nat Turner, but the original one that was back in like the 1920s, 1930s, or something like that. No, actually, was think it was like the 1900s, which was a precursor to like Jim Crow and everything else like that, because this movie depicted these black savages going around trying to rape white women, which. Um, it was kind of like the movie was used as like a recruitment video for the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and it seems like um, white men are extremely fearful of their women being raped by brown people that it's kind of like a, a like like a call to arms. Like any white man says, you know, they're going to come and they're going to rape your women. And then they just freak out to the point where they want to do stupid shit like build a wall that's going to do absolutely nothing. And all you're doing is blocking out a bunch of people who want to work. Cause that's all they're coming here for. They're not coming here for white women. They're, they're coming here for checks. You know, they're not here to, 
to cause crime. They're not really here. Not to say that, you know, you do got MS-13 that do cause problems. But you know what? Every race got crime. Italian got the mob. The Irish got the mob. Blacks got drug dealers. You know, Chinese got the triads. I mean, every race. And then we have the white males that are the number one killer for our mastery shootings that are going on in our country right now. And that's something that when I was listening to how he was depicting, you know, black and brown people crossing the border, I'm like, there's no mention of how gun violence that has been at the hands of white males, that demographic has impacted many, many families because he had a guest. He had Deborah Bissell. He invited her And three weeks ago, her parents were burglarized and shot to death in Reno, Nevada. So he cherry-picked her to drive home his point that they're, you know, murderous people. And to show how cold-blooded that they can be. uh, And he kept using that term, illegal aliens. And um, that just takes away the humanity of people and really makes them, you know, place to the fear. And... So basically, that was a guess. She stood up, she cried, and so again, pulling on the heartstrings, and and saying how look how this gun violence and these people. But when you look at the number of mass shootings in the United States between 1982, and you look at the race and ethnicity of the people who actually conducted those shootings, a large part of them are are white, white males. No, I agree. First, let me just start off by saying that, you know, I, you know, prayers go out to the Deborah Bissell and her family because, you know, that's a, a, a horrible, horrible tragedy. But what, what irked me about the situation is how would you come on to the State of the Union and allow the president to use the death of your loved ones mm-hmm. to, um, characterize a whole race of people like don't get it wrong if if you know if i had a loved one that was killed by a white person or any other person from any other race yes i would be hurt but it wouldn't make me hate that whole entire race and i wouldn't allow anybody to use that tragedy for the to to push an agenda like that like i wouldn't disrespect um, the death of my loved ones in that way. So, so is it a, is it an honor to be invited to the State of the Union, and is it disrespectful to turn down an invitation? Because I find myself when I'm at home watching the program, like how can these people be used as pawns? I was even looking at Alice Johnson. You know, she was the black woman that Kim Kardashian went and pleaded with Donald Trump to commute her sentence and he did in June of last year but it's just it's I know she's happy to be out of course you know 1997 she was sentenced to life in prison and she was just released you know last year which is 20 20 plus years later so she's happy to be out but at the same time you're going to be used as a pawn to show hey look what I did and and I, I just didn't like that. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I think one thing that I've learned during this whole process of dealing with Trump ass is that how many Negroes have, 
allowed themselves to be used by Trump as like black trophies. Like, you know, hey, look, Kanye West is my friend. So, hey, black people, you got to love me. Hey, Steve Harvey came to come see me and he talked with me. I'm down. You know, and at the end of the day, just keep in mind, all you black people, and I hope you guys are listening because I mean every word of this. I remember all of you. I remember all you people who shucked and jive for this racist dude. So, like the Michelle Chrisettes of the world, you know, we not going to support you. So when he's out of office, don't come back to the black community like we owe you something. Or like you, you chose your side. You go do it. And don't get it wrong. I understand that Alice Johnson is happy to get out. The other guy was uh, Matthew Charles, the guy from Tennessee who was locked up. And I get it. You know, you're happy to be out. But if he, if you know, I would I would have turned it down. You're damn right. I would have said, hell no. Because I would have said, thank you, Mr. President, for, you know, for pushing the bill that would, that got me free. I would have shook his hand just for that. And then I would have walked out because there's no way in hell. Just because, you know, you do one thing doesn't make up for all the racist shit that you're doing. Like, I'm sorry, doesn't buy that. Your predecessors are the reason why I'm in jail in the first place. You know, a lot of the reasons why these, you know, we talked about the Clintons last week. And a lot of times these drug sentencings, these nonviolent offenses that land you in prison for obscene amount of years were, were created by his predecessors. So thank you for undoing an unjustifiable, you know, thing anyway. Um, I should not have been in jail. We are disproportionately put in jail uh, for these nonviolent Offenses and and that's one of the things that kind of irritates me too as an African American American is because when they talk about us on TV, they talk about us in stereotypes. They talk about like whenever Donald Trump talks to black people, he says, "Hey, you know, I'm getting you back to work. Hey, I'm reducing the shootings in Chicago. Hey, you know, now if I'm getting you out of prison," and I'm like, black people are so dynamic that we all are not shooting each other and using drugs. You know, I don't have that in my day-to-day. Thank God, I'm blessed. I'm not, and and the generation before me didn't have that either. And so there are a demographic of upper-middle-class to middle-class African-Americans that are not, that message is not resonating with us. You telling me that you're created first step act which is nonviolent offenders um that helps you re-enter society after being in jail that is great but if you want to talk to me as a black person i need to to know more than what you're going to do about re-entering after a prison sentence okay i want to know what you're going to do about my taxes i want you to talk to me like you do maybe the white demographic of the electorate because i have the same concerns as that. Not everybody in my family went to jail. No, I agree with that. You know, you want to help out the black middle class. 
one or two passed laws that stop the banks for charging black people higher Thank interest you. rates than they do with white people that with resonate. the exact same credit score, yep. with the exact same, even in some cases with better credit scores, but it's because you're an African-American, they charge you higher interest Thank rates. You. Talk to me about that. You know, because I don't, I don't grow up, I didn't grow up in the hood. I no. didn't, I didn't. Listen, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that I'm better than anybody or anything else like that, but I grew up in the middle class, and every time they talk about black people, you're absolutely right. They always only seem to focus on the blacks in the urban environment. But yeah, that's the stereotype. Right. <laughs> but if I'm not mistaken, I and, I, and again, I, I might be wrong, but I read somewhere where only 35% of black people live in an urban area. So where the rest of the black people live then if we ain't living in the hood? So you need to address that and stop always talking about, hey, look, you know, I'm freeing you from jail and I'm stopping the murders because <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you right now in my, the neighborhood that I live in, I'm not I live in an all black neighborhood as well. But guess what? When I walk outside, I'm not worried about getting shot in my ass. Not all black communities are that way. And that's what is astonishing to me. And that's what I want to get on CNN, MSNBC Fox and be like, hey, like if you want to talk to me, please stop talking about you know, you know, crimes and AK forty sevens and that's just not my day to day. I go to work. I have a full time corporate job. I went to a four year college and I have you know the the two kids and the white picket fence you know type of thing. (laughs) So I mean, I need you to reach out to me in a different way. Than what you've been doing um, traditionally. No, I I agree with that, but you know the only thing that um, that I thought was good about that whole hate fest that Trump gave was Stacey Abrams and the response. Um, I think she is awesome. Um, I I do I see that they are getting her ready for her Senate run. You know, they seem like they're doing what they did with Obama, start giving them a little bit of FaceTime. I think that everything that I would that I'm looking for in a candidate to me is in Stacey Abrams. This is what I Stacey Abrams is what I wish Kamala Harris was. Um, Stacey she comes from a just like, you know, me and my wife, you know, a middle class family, a hard worker, you know, she dealt with trying to do deal with medical bills with her father yeah. and putting student herself loan in debt, debt student loan debt she dealt she ain't no rich millionaire nope. she's not she's a typical person who deals with typical problems and that and that's what we need as a president i don't want any more millionaires as a president because you can't relate to me you don't know what my struggles are you know you don't struggle like how i struggle you know you don't have to sit there and then you miss a few days of work and then you have to try to figure out how am I going to pay the mortgage? You know, you don't have those problems. And Stacey Abrams seems to be down to earth. You know, she, the way she spoke to the crowd and the things that she touched on, I haven't felt that way since hearing an Obama speech. So I'm, I wish like, I know now that, you know, they wouldn't put her into the, uh, to the arena yet because she doesn't have any, uh, any Senate experience yet. Um, but I can tell you that um, I'm definitely keeping my eye out on her, and maybe she might not make it to this election, but hopefully an uh, election in the new future, I can definitely cast my vote for her. That, Stacey Abrams, just a backstory on her. 
She's a she was the Democratic candidate for governor of Georgia, and she conceded um, to a race that was very controversial. She was cheated. Yeah, because she was cheated. It was very close, and it came to a lot of um, things that came out where polling places were, you know, turned off or, you know, uh, votes were stolen. There was just a lot of controversy around that whole race. And so don't count her out because the Democrats did give her a platform, a national platform. So going beyond the walls of Georgia, you know, she is, she gave the response of the state of the union to the whole country. And so they're, they're putting her in position and she handled the pressure very well. Very, very well. I mean, again, you know, Stacey is definitely, definitely, definitely what we need in this country. And if she can't make it to the presidency, I hope she can at least find her way into the Senate. Yeah, I think she she will garner some more support. And I think also the Florida governor governor race was actually a, what his name was Andrew Gillum and he lost yeah. his race as well in a controversial manner and they might be positioning him as well I see him now as a CNN political uh, commentator right now so they're keeping them in the public eye and yeah. I think they're gonna probably make their moves within the next year or two don't count them out moving on to B Smith also known well her full name is Barbara Elaine Smith Barbara Elaine Smith, she actually, um, if you're a lady who likes to shop, she has some collections at Bed Bath & Beyond and also some furniture with Lazy Boy. She's been known or she's been labeled as the black Martha Stewart. Um, she had a great career and she's still living, by the way. She's just sick with Alzheimer's when I say that, but she was a model. She owned a few restaurants. Um, she also was act was an actress and author, and so now she, uh, as of 2014, has revealed that she has Alzheimer's and she's married, and her husband Dan Gatsby, uh, still married to her. Now that the disease has really um, affected B. Smith a lot, uh, he has he's still taking care of her, but he is now has a girlfriend, and the girlfriend is now living in the home. So the three of them are living together, and he decided to document B. Smith's journey with Alzheimer's. He's exposed this on Facebook. And and so lately, now that he has the girlfriend, he is getting a lot of scrutiny from the public now, and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like the fact that people are judging him and giving him some negative feedback onto why He's living the way he's living with his wife and his girlfriend. What do you think? I got two comments <laughs> on this. Rule one, player handbook part one. Don't put your side heifer on Facebook. Like, what the hell did you think was going to happen if you put your side chick on Facebook? Look, y'all, this shit is so gangster. He... Not only did he put his chick on Facebook, the side John, but then he took a picture with his wife who is sick, who has Alzheimer's, him, and his side chick, and put it all on Facebook like it's all good. Do you know how many men right now are sitting in their living room, right? (laughs) And their wife just got, hold on, hold on, 
all right first before i even bring that up let let me play this clip for you so before i set up what i'm about to set up listen to this jackass on the view hold on <laughs> well let me let me say this and because we know each other and mm -hmm. i'm going to be honest and my grandmother suffered from alzheimer's and yeah. and her husband left her Mm -hmm. Not I, uncommon. Not uncommon. And I, she lived with me and mm -hmm. my mom and my husband. And it, I know how difficult it is to be a caregiver. Mm -hmm. um, and I commend you for <coughs> being a caregiver. Thank because you. I know it's hard, and it was hard for us. Um, but this is what I don't understand. Yeah, absolutely. You really got people talking because you have a girlfriend and you're entitled to have your life what i don't understand is that you have your girlfriend at times spending the night in your home that you share with your wife well let me just say so that. how did, did yeah. you ever because well, b can't consent to that now mm -hmm. so did you discuss that while well, she was able to consent well let me say this we wrote a book called before mm -hmm. i forget when B got the diagnosis, we got the diagnosis at Mount Sinai. We walked from 101st Street to 92nd Street, and she stopped me, put my hand, her hand on my arm, and she says, I want you to tell the story. I want you to do what we discussed many times, because most people out here don't have a will, mm -hmm. don't have any idea what's going to happen if something, the what-ifs happen. Right. She said to me, I want you to go on. What most people don't know is that in 2008 is when we first saw the signs, and I kept it quiet for five years. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 2013 that I actually saw from scientific proof that the beta amyloid plaque and the tau was destroying her brain. We wrote that book, Warts and All, because each and every one of you out here at some point is going to have to deal with a situation that's catastrophic. If you get lucky, you get old. And if you get old, something happens. And what most people don't understand, quite honestly, what they fail to realize is, have you made a plan? Did you discuss it? And can you execute it? And more importantly, like your, 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 the person who was your grandmother's significant other, are you going to honor it? I'm not doing anything that we didn't discuss. We were in business. We were two sides of a coin. But did she say you can have your girlfriend live she, in our home? No, let me say let me no let me let me say this. What she said to me was, well, first of all, I sold a home. The, that, the home that I was the, in. Yeah. Right. Because every day she was escaping three, four times, and it was almost like and and, and I know and it Joy. It was right on the water. It was right so, on the water. Right. But she'd end up walking down the road. She would get up into if she saw someone who was a large black man, she would get in the car yeah. because she thought it was me. Yeah. Yeah. And we had a situation where I said we're gonna we, we sold the home. I bought another home, a bigger home. At this point in my life, at almost 65 years old, I should be in a two-bedroom, not having to worry. But I wanted her to have the dignity of freedom, sanity for me, and at the same time, I wanted to make sure that as long as I have her, I could have easily placed her in a facility. Yes. And I would not do that. So this notion of vows, I'm keeping my vows. I'm keeping my vows. Vows are to protect, to, to 
care for. But did I did, did I say You're also in sickness and in health? Yeah, and, and which is a vow, which and I I respect. I know that. Oh well, sorry. We have we have. No, I do this all the time. Continue. We're out of time. Um, <laughs> B Smith is an icon. I I was saying when this topic even came up that her restaurant was one in um, Union Station in Washington D.C. that my dad and I would go to all the time. Your dad once her. told me that she was an American she, success story. She and I, she's an icon. Right. And I think yeah. for me seeing her this way and maybe this is a discussion you two had that it's okay to see the darkness of getting a, a, a disease like this for my family we i said no pictures no photos i certainly couldn't have broadcasted if my mom brought home some boyfriend my family would have mutinied so i think for me i just did she want to be seen uh in the way that i don't remember her he told me i want you just like our book to tell and show it what's and all okay so now, because of this bullshit right here, do you know how many men walk home from work unbeknownst to them that their wife just got done watching The View and they giving <laughs> them the stink eye? Like, yo, you bet not. You that like, is bet the not very what? <laughs> yes, you that's what I did what? with you. I like you Glenn. bet not move your side <laughs> bitch in my house. You bet not. You better treat me with the better or worse. Please. Better or worse. Yes, right. And we sitting there like, what the hell are that's you talking exactly about? Just don't bring in your side bitch. That's all I got to say. I think that's what I said to you when I came home from work. I was like, do you know about B. Smith and her husband? You was like, what? <laughs> I was like, look. <laughs> Let you know right now, if I wind up with Alzheimer's or dementia, put me up in a home. I understand you may want to move on. So you see, this is it. I understand Dan wants to move on. He wants some companionship, right? No, I agree. Yeah. But don't move the chick in my house. Yeah, do the do the shit like men been doing for <laughs> hundreds of years. Do that shit in the dark. Don't be like, taking pictures with her don't and have move her, her in your house. Have her laughing and giggling with me while y'all two go off to bed together and I'm downstairs in my own room. Don't uh -uh. Don't do that. Yo, that's some psychic <laughs> shit. Like because you know, Dan, I'm talking to you. You know if your wife was in her right mind, she would not condone that. She would have came downstairs with Vaseline on her face and beat the shit out of that bitch. <laughs> exactly. And you know it. And you know it. I know it. So for you to sit here and, and move the chick in with you and take yes. pictures. But here goes the thing that, that killed me more than anything else is, one, why would you put that shit on Facebook? That's the first thing. And then to get mad when people have an opinion on how the fuck they feel about it. Look, you're the dumbass that put it on Facebook like you were doing something positive. Like, it's what? Like, why? Like, I like, don't know if she condoned it. Like, did he want to just show the realities of Alzheimer's disease? He well, wanted the, to document the, it? Is that a conversation well, that the, you that, and B yeah, had but, before she became well into the sickness? Because they did write a book together called Before I Forget. And so in that book, which I did not read, I wonder if they discussed what is supposed to, what he can do and cannot do. I guarantee, <laughs> and not nay chapter, it said... I'm okay with you moving in your side, bitch. I know <laughs> there ain't no chapter in that whatsoever. And right. brother, you're making it hard for the rest of us. Stop <laughs> that shit. All Stop I say is get it in writing, get it in order. It That's what it helped me understand that 
if you want to avoid this, see, I'm not worth 20 million. That she is worth 20 million. And maybe she should have put it in writing. These are my wishes because this guy is taking advantage. So first of all, um, he didn't, he wind up buying a new house. So he, cause she did go missing for about 24 hours or so back in 2015 or 16. And I remember this coming up as a blip in, in my headline on my Facebook, but yeah, she went missing. And so they lived near a lake or something. And so he was fearful that something may happen to her. So he decided to go and move to a bigger home and move the girl in too. So they all three of them can be together. And I didn't mention her race because to me it doesn't matter. But he's making it a point to let people know, hey, I think I'm getting scrutiny because I'm with a white woman now. And as a black woman, that has nothing to do with it for me. I'm just upset you you moved the chick in and just respecting your wife right now. Listen, it's one of them things where, like, when you're dealing with black people, especially black women, if you move your side check into <laughs> your crib, you have caused a major fire. Yes. But because she's fat, because she's white, now uh, you have created <laughs> a more. You created a force fire. Now it's just it's just added more gasoline to an already burning fire. And exactly. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with interracial dating. No, or anything there else isn't. Like that. But if you go and bring in your side chick and she white, yo, prepare to get be some prepared. Fire. Be Don't get the, mad. Yeah, get, the, just take it on the chin, you dumbass. Yeah. You shouldn't have put this shit on Facebook. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you're just supposed to post pictures of your meals. You're supposed to show pictures of your kids. Show the new car that you bought, not your new side bitch that you're moving <laughs> in with your wife. Yeah, just, and just, the two of them smiling at each other and toasting their coffee mugs. Like, she doesn't know what's going on. Yo, and it's crazy. And that's exactly, I, I forgot to, to explain the picture. So the wife is in the corner drinking coffee and the two of them on the other side of the picture chuckling it up and shit. And I'm just like, wow. I know. That, that that is such that is so disrespectful on so many mm-hmm. levels. I mean, at the end of the day, you married this woman. She's supposed to be your you're supposed to be ride or dies. Sickness. Sickness and then health. And for you to, to disrespect her by um by by moving this chick in and then taking pictures of all y'all yeah. together. And <laughs> when they asked crazy. the girl, because the girl was on the show too on the view, they asked the woman, the the mistress you know, did you think about this before you actually joined the relationship? You knew he was married. You knew that B was sick. And she said, well, you know, I think she's benefiting from our relationship. She's getting a lot of stimulation. She, you know, we take her for walks and she goes to dinner with her. She's a puppy. I I take her for walks like she's a puppy. Like, I know. I was like, wait a minute. And then I turned to you when you came home, Glenn. Don't be taking me on no movie date with you and your, with you and your girl. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what in the hell is going on? Like, Don't it's be to the having point, me. <laughs> it's to the point where I'm about to block the view. Like, she can't watch. You know, the view's got me in most shit in a little bit. Because I come home in the middle of some argument or some debate about something that I don't even know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yep. Well. Thank you for checking out another episode of our podcast. Uh, Catch y'all next week. Deuces.